Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today is going to be a really interesting special episode with Courtney Contos. You can go to C-C-O-N-T-O-S, ccontos.com. Courtney is a chef, wellness expert, functional medicine certified health coach, and a speaker. She had a great kitchen and store in Vermont, which was featured in Food & Wine magazine as one of the best cooking schools in the world. But she struggled and suffered for 12 years with chronic pain due to diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. She has overcome that. We're going to talk about that story. And now she has gone into functional health coaching to help others get through health debacles. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So we'll tell a little bit about a history. Now, the audience might think this is a little gratuitous that I am having my best friend from high school on the show because I've known Courtney since high school. But it actually is a really great story of how we we lost touch and how we came back together. So I'll start off with telling everyone that, you know, so and this is a great little bit of movie trivia for everyone, too. So Courtney um, became a chef. She really was mentored by her very famous chef father, Bill Contos in Chicago, who had a very famous restaurant for many years called Shea Paul and for over for like 50 years. And that. Uh, restaurant was featured in the very famous movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where they went and hacked off for the day. And the restaurant that they go to is that restaurant. Um, and what was the other film that the restaurant was in? Blue, the Blues Brothers. Yeah. So Blues Brothers, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, super fun little bit of movie trivia there. But also like Ferris, <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Courtney and I would like cut school and we would go to Chez Paul and we would be having like filet mignon and like at lunch. Yeah, it was really crazy. It was like this really fun, like crazy life. Her father was so nice. And because he was European, he was like, whatever, you can have champagne. You're 17. It's fine. So, so we had a really good time. And then, uh, we got separated sort of in life when she moved to Vermont. And then both of us, without kind of knowing it, had parallel horrific health stories. So everyone knows mine, but let's talk about yours. And then I'll mention why I was kind of afraid to contact you because you were a chef and I was afraid when I got into the paleo industry, right, to even (laughs) call you. We'll talk about that. But when did you notice that something was off and not feeling right for the first time? Yeah, so it started with just a toe, and it sounds so like simple and, and just not a big deal, but I couldn't even lay a, a sheet on top of my toe. It would hurt so much. So that's really just how it started. And then, you know, you, you hear this, but like the I had a really bad car accident. An oil tanker jackknifed me head on with black ice and And so after that accident, it really just spiraled. It went from my toe to my wrists, to my right shoulder, to both my knees. My knees would flare up like that. I didn't even know they could get that big. And, you know, lots of injections. And it it was just a, a long, difficult journey from doctor to doctor. And no one in the beginning knew what it was. So they t- what did they think it was? Just just a result of the accident? Were they chalking it up to that? Well, they sent me to the podiatrist. You know, oh, have the podiatrist. Well, you know how long it takes to get an appointment. Then you go, and then 
you know, they don't know. And that's nobody knew until finally someone said, I'm going to run some autoimmune tests. And that led me to the rheumatologist. But in the meantime, I was having these like flare ups and not being able to walk my career having like just had to stop because my knees couldn't handle it. Right, standing and cooking, you mean, right? Like being able to be up on your feet. Absolutely. And I was working 12 hours a day. I'm a chef. I was teaching cooking at the time. And I remember being carried out. I've been carried a lot over the years. Thank goodness (laughs) by thank goodness by all beautiful, lovely, kind men. But I've been carried a lot. And so it was probably now 12 years ago, the first time that I had to be carried out of a building unable to walk. And, you know, they don't really have an answer at at the rheumatologist's office. I I would go there every month for 12, you know, almost 12 years. And I'd say every time, did you find a cure yet? You know, is there, they, there was no hope in those offices. So it was, uh, it was was sad. Can you tell us what these flare ups felt like, like when you couldn't walk? Because I know it's just not a matter of fact. It's not a factor of just immobility. It's pain. What did the pain feel like? Well, I had a name for it and it was called Guantanamo. So <laughs> it, um, you know, every, anyone who knew I was having a really bad day, it was like, it was Guantanamo. And that was, you know, I just felt like I was being tortured, literally tortured. And it wouldn't, it wasn't, um, it wouldn't come and go like when it was happening, whether it was five days or two weeks, it was constant the whole time. There were no breaks. So I was just pure torture. And often I remember thinking, now that I think back, my foot felt like a one of those concrete flatteners had like rolled over it. That's what it felt. So it felt like you had broken bones. In, oh, yeah. Uh, ugh, yeah. I've, I've and I heard. did. I, I technically did. You know, the bones had no more support. They're just kind of swimming there in my foot. Right. So for people that don't know, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disorder that affects right your joints and things like that. So what it actually does is it damages them too. And um, we'll, we'll talk about your multiple surgeries that you had to have um, in the past. But um, it's, it's really a destructive disease because it can literally ruin the structure. And it did ruin the structure of your foot and your wrist. So you had a couple wrist surgeries, right? I did. And I had so both my wrists have auto fused together. I, I wasn't ever confident in the surgeons I met to have a wrist fusion. So what I did for, I don't know, maybe took it seven months. I wore wrist braces day and night and just sucked up the pain and my wrists fused together themselves without the surgery. And that was hell. You know, I couldn't take laundry out of the the washing machine. I just remember crying, calling a girlfriend like, you know, I mean, I was, I don't know, early 30s and I couldn't take laundry out. You can't grab a gallon of milk out of the fridge or, you know, anything like that. And and, uh, the surgeries I had in my wrists were due to inflammation. And they used to have to they would say, if we don't do the surgery, your tendons are going to snap. So we have to suck and like scrape your tendons and get rid of all the fluid. It was just complete. I mean, a kind of BS looking back, you know, it was just, uh, it was just being treated in the wrong way. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit more of that BS because, you know, um, the way Dr. Forsman describes it is like, if you go to a rheumatologist or you go to an oncologist, 
you're basically looking for surgery or pills. They're not going to be looking at roots of problems. So tell us about how you had a story where basically at one point when they were giving you, they gave you a lot of like biologics, right? Embryo, like there was a bunch of different quote rheumatoid arthritis medications you were given. And didn't at one point you say, hey man, shouldn't we like check this? Tell us what their answer was to you because it makes me want to jump off a bridge. Yeah. you mean Well, they had told me that if I didn't take the medicine, the biologics and more, that I would be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And I just, I get goosebumps now. It just, it's really intense. So that day and that time, I just realized there had to be something else I can do because they, I, I was taking the drugs and I was still having all these problems. So right, it wasn't helping. And you even asked them, didn't you say, hey, can we check the rheumatoid arthritis factors? And they're like, no point in checking it. You're going to have it forever. Correct. So there's a marker called the rheumatoid factor. Mine was around 285. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, you're going to have a marker that's pretty high. And they will tell you that that number will never change. It's not important. We don't need to look at it ever again, because you're always going to have that. Right now, mine is 10, which is right. non-existent. And actually, recently, I got a call just doing some follow-up blood work, and I'm in a new location, new new part of the country, and they don't really know me. So they're just reading these labs pretty generically. It was a nurse, and she said, da-da-da, okay, this, this, and oh, you don't have rheumatoid arthritis, you know, because she's just reading the list. And I just let it go, but another goosebump moment. Wow, you know, I, I was able to put this behind me. I have the disabilities and the reminders forever. Um, in my foot and in my wrist, but I feel amazing now. Yeah. Um, you know, so on that note, people have heard me talk about Hashimoto's is the same thing, right? You have these, and, and you have Hashimoto's too. Yeah. So there's, yep. there's like a double, double, so it's like double thyroid autoimmune issue plus this. Now, what's amazing is, is that again, doctors and Dr. Forsman and I have talked about this on the podcast and in the in my book is that you you can do something about these antibodies and why do you want to because antibodies equal inflammation equal beginning more problems and most of these doctors when they see someone with Hashimoto's even if the person is treated on thyroid medication and they're doing great and they're feeling great you don't want this in the background because see with Hashimoto's it's kind of hidden with something like rheumatoid arthritis you're going to feel it right but, but so it's like there's an indicator and they just don't think there's anything that one can do about it and 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 this is just for everyone out there you got to look you got to look into Courtney's work and her story and so anyway what happened was is over all these years um we'd catch up every now and then and um we didn't talk on a regular basis but i remember cuz you're friends with my brother too hearing about your medical issues and me being like oh my god and i didn't know anything then you know <laughs> i i don't think i'd even gone through thyroid issues then and then when i started working for Mark Sisson 7 years ago and learning about paleo primal I thought about you, and here's the sad thing, audience, although I know Courtney's not mad at me for it, but I didn't reach out to Courtney, not because she would have balked at the suggestion, but she's a chef, and I felt like, oh my God, if I tell her to quit grain, <laughs> like no one's going to, like, she's not going to accept this, and I don't want to be that a-hole that tries to, like, preach mushes to my friend who's suffering, because I know what that's like, too, when everyone's trying to give you advice. And I do regret that. I wish I had reached out. And again, it's all good. But um, what was amazing is, is that you, you called me and you told me about another chef you had found. Let's talk about that connection, because that really was a game changer. Brilliant. Game changer. So 
I owned a cooking school in Vermont and I was having an event with a good friend of mine, Lior, who owns a spice company in New York. And he sees me limping and he says, you know, what's wrong? And I, oh, rheumatoid arthritis, blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, I have a friend who had rheumatoid arthritis. Why don't I connect you? And I had a feeling his friend might have been this person who I've been trying to connect with uh, for at least a year now, because this person, Seamus Mullen, uh, you've heard about him with his books and in lots of press, had resolved his rheumatoid arthritis. And I felt like what I needed to start again, yet another attack at getting rid of this, because certainly I had tried over the 12 years, I needed to talk to him. I just, I just knew in my heart I needed his, I need to hear it from him that he had done this and he was successful and maybe he could share some tips. So sure enough, within 24 hours, I'm on a two hour call with Seamus and he's lovely. And he gave me all the hope that I needed to just step out of being a victim and help me realize that everything I had done in my life, all my relationships, everything up until that moment, it was really, you know, I don't want to say my fault, but it had this is all my doing. I didn't just walk out the door and get rheumatoid arthritis. This is my life that has brought me to this moment. And it was part my fault, but it was beautiful because I went from this victim, sick person to really taking ownership over my well-being. And it took, I call him my hope angel. And I hope I can be that for a lot of people too, because it's lonely, right? Being sick and getting well is lonely. It's super lonely. And by the way, for those listening, Seamus Mullen, I did interview him because Courtney introduced me to him and his story of curing his rheumatoid arthritis is also amazing. And that's episode 273 of the Primal Blueprint podcast. So if you want to hear Seamus Mullen's story and a quick synopsis of that, he suffered for 10 years, was on like literally 12 different medications, finally realized food was a part of it, changed his life. The guy has not had rheumatoid arthritis markers now for I think seven or 10 years. And he is like by and happy and healthy and <laughs> his, his his story is amazing so thank god you got connected with him and um now and then at the time when i interviewed seamus you still hadn't you had, you had just started this journey right. so at the time i remember just crying hearing you talk about how they were kind of sentencing you to a wheelchair and that your husband had to carry you everywhere and that you couldn't even uh walk to the bathroom and this was just like horrible to hear, but tell everyone now um, where, what, what the end result is currently. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, you know, life had been harder than it needed to be for a really long time. And now that I'm the most stable I've been in years, I realize how life really didn't need to be that hard. And that was kind of a like sad and, and beautiful moment when I realized, wow, like I, the pain that I went through, my husband carrying me, the fear on our wedding day, if I could walk down the aisle. And I wrote a letter that's uh, on my website titled Dear Rheumatoid Arthritis, because when I realized that it was, that I was done with it, uh, I wanted to really thank it for, you know, thank you, <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis for not acting up on my wedding day, you know. Thank you for giving me all these hysterical memories in a wheelchair riding around New York City in the freezing cold. Like just, you know, it brought me a lot and it introduced me to a lot of amazing people. And now here we are. And um, since April 2019, I'm not on those drugs anymore and I don't have a need for them. And I just truly 
uh, want to share my story with as many people as possible. And I realized for me, being sick for me was way less emotional than the process and success of being well. What do you think about that? Like being uh, well is so emotional. <laughs> like, like you're, you sick know what it is. Like you're- I do. It's a good emotional. And I, I explain this sometimes where I talk about how to this day, because, you know, I talk to people suffering all the time and, um, you know, with thyroid patients. And so now that I'm not there and I feel amazing and I'm beyond it, kind of like you, once you get to that point, there's a level of just, you want to like, and I know you felt this way because you've expressed it to me recently. Um, and we'll talk about the foot surgery in a second. I would be, let's say, like at the top of a mountain hiking, and I'd have this moment thinking back to the person I was, this hopeless person, misery, victim, why me? Oh my God, what's happening to me? Not even knowing what was wrong with me. Literally, sorry, this is TMI, folks, if you have kids in the car. But I tell a story in my book where I was hiking with a friend, and I had these like kind of gas cramps, or what I thought were gas cramps, so bad, I pulled over and like went behind some bushes, and like blood clots fell out of my, you know what, that was the worst day of my life. So when I think about that, like I hike now, I, I can get, I'm tear up right now thinking about it. And what's beautiful about it is that it is a little bit of a double-edged sword because we both still have, I have some lasting stuff from a hand disability, not related to hypothyroidism. You have some lasting stuff related to this rheumatoid arthritis effery. But when you have gotten beyond this, the contrast is so great that it instills you with such an amazing level of gratitude and like- Empathy, it yeah. is mo- It's emotional. It's yeah. so emotional. It's so emotional. So I'll share a story with you. I was, so I needed to have foot surgery, right? So I'm, I, I take this, I, I start interviewing doctors. This is a, a foot surgery. This isn't like my finger. This is going to take a long recovery. It has to be the right surgeon. And so uh, a real lovely, um, I guess, guide came into my life and introduced me to my surgeon in New York City, Dr. John Kennedy, who does like all the athletes and he's a badass Irishman and I love him to pieces. And so I go meet him and we hit it off and he's so confident that he's going to just, um, kind of just, you know, fix this problem, like guarantees it. And it's going to cost a lot of money, enough money that I agree to that. I'm going to go into bankruptcy. I'm going to be fine. I'll be one of those statistics. I don't care. I need to walk again in order to get my life back to start building up my resources again. So here I am, I'm in New York city. It's freezing cold. My husband's the hero, right? Cause he's been loading the wheelchair in and out of the car and like schlepping me around all the city for a couple days. And here we are in this brand new OR at uh, Langone and there in New York City and the nurse they've got me all hooked up I'm ready to go into the OR and the nurse says okay well why don't you walk down there and I'm like oh my gosh like is she serious like I'm in the hospital do you know how many wheelchairs are around here like doesn't this bed roll and I thought (laughs) like okay here it is you know this is like some beautiful spiritual moment. I am supposed to walk into this new beginning. They want me to walk to the OR. It's almost for me, it's like a quarter of a block down this long hallway, which I hadn't taken. I didn't even walk to the bathroom in months. Like I, no way. So, but here I am. I said, okay, fine. I'm going to just follow my bliss. I'm going to follow this new beginning. And I walked into the OR and it's, it's a, it was a beautiful brand new facility back then in January, uh, 2018. And I climb up onto this table and I have goosebumps down. I might start to cry. And the, um, the anesthesiologist, she's there and she starts talking to me. And I said, this is not 
what it looks like. This is not a soccer injury. This isn't, you know, just some sport. This is my new beginning. This is my new beginning. There's, I don't have these markers anymore. I'm not on medicine. This is the last piece to my puzzle. This is it. And I'm crying. And <laughs> she probably thinks I was just like the strangest person, but it's true. That was the moment. And then I came out of surgery. And before I went in, I had told Dr. Kennedy, I said, be careful. There's a monster in that foot. And when I came out, I said, did you kill the monster? And I feel like in slow-mo, we both high-fived. And I was in surgery for six hours. So I was really out of it, but I'll never forget that. We high-fived and he said, we killed the monster. And that was, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of where I'm at now. So it was a new beginning. And then, you know, now, uh, first of all, and I know you'll post some, by the way, we'll put all everything in the show notes, but aside from Courtney's website, which is ccontos.com, check out her Instagram, Chef Courtney Contos. Um, your before and after pictures are amazing. It's not just that you lost a bunch of weight. It's like you deflamed incredibly. But not only that, you're walking. I just saw you in Miami uh, or in Florida, actually, in Naples. And um, it, it, you're walking without pain, right? I am. Yes. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going on long, long walks, but I am absolutely walking around the house, can walk outside, can walk from the car to the restaurant. No problem. No pain. And it's only been how long since the surgery? January, you know, it's been uh, almost a year, about 10 yeah. to 11 months right now, 11 months. Right. And those kind of things do take time to work out. But again, what a new world. And tell us, I mean, the things you're feeling now that you didn't before. I mean, we know about the physical pain being gone. But what about some of the other stuff you were feeling? Because, you know, I know you had exhaustion, right? You know, oh my you gosh. had. Yeah. Well, so, I, I was overweight, not like by obese, you know, but I was, I lost 38 pounds in this health journey with my doctor. And I, as you know, I couldn't walk. So that was pretty shocking. And it made me realize that just by getting my body back into balance, and as you said, deflaming, really getting rid of all that inflammation that is, is all over our body. I mean, we need some good inflammation, don't get me wrong, but I was like inflamed that I lost 38 pounds while I wasn't walking. And that just happened. It just happened by the right diet and uh, getting my body back into balance and getting you know rid of bad bacteria and you know just things that that you have to do when you're on this journey and that's with zero exercise so and that's i'm so glad you bring that up because see so for everyone listening and mark system talks about this forever which is 80 percent of your body composition is mouth tainus it's what you put in your mouth and she was absolutely immobile there for a while and again lost 38 pounds not working out so there's no excuse if you even if you don't have rheumatoid arthritis <laughs> and you're and you feel like oh I can't go to the gym or even if you can't walk you can do this it just takes a little bit of willpower first now here's the thing you were a chef you're cooking up all sorts of stuff right I mean you're eating everything so what are the things now that you're like okay completely eliminated I mean I know there's a lot but give us some of the basics of things that you're like I these are the things that cannot happen in my life sure so gluten was one. And I found out later on through the proper testing, which I do every three months to check nutrient levels. And um, that I realized was huge. So I'm eating something my body doesn't want. Uh, another 
sensitivity tests that I did to check for allergens, um, canola oil, honey, lemons, all red markers. I was eating those every day. So part one is just figuring out what your body doesn't want and obviously avoiding those. For 15 months during like the intense process, I did not have nightshades, seeds. I was, um, I, I avoided and still avoid obviously sugar, gluten, most grains, and wine. Uh, that was huge. We drank a lot of wine. You know, I'm a chef. Pour, pour me a glass of wine and I'll cook you a meal. And that, that had to go. All those toxins and pesticides in the wine. And, and I know there's good wine. And now um, every, every now and then I might have a glass, but I really had to take a deep look and I was undernourished. So even though I was a chef, like cooking beautiful food, I was undernourished. When I ran my labs, it was like deficiency after deficiency. And often I think I ate too much of the same thing. You know, it's like you'd cook the same meal maybe three times a week. So I didn't have enough variety. And as chefs, we are really good in the hospitality business of taking care of others. And I know that I just wasn't taking the best care of myself. So um, that was really big for me. That was really big. And so now there's no sugar, there's no bread. All of the meat is grass fed. I just got a delivery today actually from Belcampo and, you know, lots of bone broths. And I just, I learned how to nourish my body and that's, that's been key. Yeah. I mean, when I saw you, uh, I was just like your, your skin, you're like glowing, you're, your, tell us what your husband said to you. I mean, obviously didn't mean it in a nasty way, but talking about it, he's like, you were like a lot wider. Yeah, <laughs> he he made a comment about it. He's like, he noticed you yeah, one day. He was like, wait a minute. Yeah, he's really happy. I mean, he didn't say anything before, but you know, he, he married me that way, but I am happy to have lost the, the, all those pounds and I look different. You know I mean? I feel different, but that's what happens when you can embark on this transformation when you're ready, you know, and you talk about how you didn't want to share with me a long time ago, how, you know, you kind of knew some things that really could have helped set me off on a journey, but wow, is it, is it about timing when, and then, you know, people showing up and then you're going back to those people you love and saying, Hey, you know, thanks for being there for me. And there's just, it's all about timing. So I was ready to completely 100% dedicate myself to this. And I never once cheated and I took the supplements I needed to take. I did the breath work and really just adjusted my mindset. You know, I had to learn how to love myself and take a deep dive in, into myself. And, you know, our thoughts, you know, we know all about this. We talk about this. Our thoughts won't create stress, can create stress in our body and can create illness. You know, it's true. You know, there's plenty of research out there. And I was hard on myself. So now it's nice to try to love, you know, really, and that sounds cheesy, like <laughs> sounds cheesy, but it's important. It's a really big part of healing is to love ourselves. And, and that's going to mean something different to everyone. And I just, I'm, I'm celebrating these, these pain-free steps because I, I will never forget what it was like to not be able to get out of bed to want to cook something and not being able to cook. I, we had a funny thing happen when I was in the wheelchair for, I guess, almost seven months. I was cooking because I was like, wow, I can actually cook because I don't have to stand, right? I'm, I'm able to wheel around the kitchen. And I cooked, uh, I think it was veal, chicken marsala one night. 
And it was so good. And then when I was out of the wheelchair months, months, months later, my husband said, why don't you make that again? And I couldn't remember. And he said, you need the wheelchair. <laughs> like, so we have this <laughs> joke that I can only make chicken marsala in the wheelchair. <laughs> and I want to make a comment about gluten. It's related to almost every autoimmune disease. So, um, for example, I have a friend who became super clean paleo because her family had was just riddled with rheumatoid arthritis and they ate unhealthy and didn't know the answers. She found them and she didn't want to go down that road. So she caught it. But it was like a couple, it was like a year after, it was a couple of years, she had been very strict paleo primal. And then she went out for like an anniversary dinner with her boyfriend and she ate three, just three fried olives. Okay. And the next day she couldn't button her shirt, you know, and that's, that's the indication because rheumatoid arthritis has an indication. You will feel it, right? It's going to manifest in some kind of limited mobility and gluten we know really exacerbates antibodies in almost every autoimmune situation. And of course there's more. And that's why if you're, and if you're listening to this and you have any autoimmune disorder, one of the best ways to start and you find out what's right for you, but is, you know, Googling the paleo AIP or autoimmune protocol. And there's variations of it. You know, there's things I learned, like I didn't realize that certain people that I know with Hashimoto's, let's say, if they eat some cinnamon or foods high in histamines, forget about it. Um, they get inflamed and bloated or, or, or something like paprika which is like a red color seasoning. And so it's different for everyone. And it's important that you mentioned that, especially if you're in this kind of state where you need to do a full overhaul with regards to food, which most people do anyway, you, taking a food sensitivity test can be very informative. Like you said, the things that were on your, oh my God, never have these, were things that you were eating every day. And um, I talk about this before, so I apologize to the people that know this, but I did a food sensitivity test and it came back with one thing in the severe intolerance column, and that was cocoa. Now, what's really interesting about this is that I hated, hated chocolate as a kid. Nobody hated chocolate as a kid. I hated s'mores. I hated Hershey, you know, uh, chocolate bars. I hated chocolate cake, chocolate icing. I didn't understand. I didn't want chocolate ice cream. I hated everything chocolate. It's almost like my pure, unadulterated child body knew to stay away from it. Yet somehow life happened and then gourmet chocolates came out back in the day. I was like, oh, bacon and chocolate and this. And I started to be like, oh, that's interesting. And I kind of got into that. Now, I never had an immediate reaction, let's say, to when I ate chocolate. Like I didn't quote, feel it, but something again was going on behind the scenes. So it's just very informative. Now, it's not that I never will take a bite of chocolate, but I don't buy it anymore. I don't sprinkle cocoa on stuff. You know what I mean? And that's just a great way to be informed about things that can bother you. There's people that have like pork and chicken in their severe intolerance, you know what I mean? And then, you know, or or cumin, you know, I mean, something random. And so, you know, that's a really important test to take. I know one is called the ALCAT test, A-L-C-A-T. There's some others out there as well. A really good functional doctor worth their weight um, understands these things. And it's really important to get tested for. And again, just informative, you know what I mean? And just like, okay, well, maybe I'll stay with this green column, you know, the the the, the go for anything on this list column for a while. Um, and I think it is important to be strict. I want to mention to people out there that sometimes following a strict autoimmune protocol with diet is not necessarily a life sentence. You know what I mean? Like I know people with Hashimoto's that have gotten their antibodies down from 300 to 25. And occasionally if they're in New York, they'll eat a piece of pizza, but they didn't also have the crazy symptoms that you did. And I would agree that if you're someone who's gone through something like Courtney has, you don't cheat. You know what I mean? You don't, um, you can't, 
Yeah. Because it really could ignite some stuff. Exactly. And for me, my mindset, I didn't want to cheat and then not have my, my plan work. And then go back in time and say, you know what? It was that one day that I went out and I did this and I ate that. And so I didn't want to have anything to blame it on. I said, I'm going to do this 110% and this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And I I think a lot of it is mindset too. And I, I know I mentioned how it can be lonely. And I think it's really important to have support. So whether it's a coach you're working with, a husband, a girlfriend, you, you need a team because it takes time. It takes, you know, six months to a year. There's no quick pill or diet that's just going to fix an autoimmune condition that fast. So on that journey, you need to have your support people so that you feel loved. You want to feel loved. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. So for example, like victims of plane crashes, they only feel comfortable talking to other victims of plane crashes because they understand what that really rare event is like, right? Because that's a very rare traumatic event. And I felt the same way when I went through the fires in Malibu, like it made me feel better to talk to my neighbors and other people who had gone through it, who understood it, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's so important. And it's look, it's lonely. And here's why, because nobody cares about you more than you. Right. Absolutely. And people are going to question you. I, I mean, you and I both had that happen. Family members, friends say, what, you know, what are you doing? You know, why aren't you eating that way? Why won't you drink this wine with me? And people are complicated. And so you just need to know that you have, you know, your core support. And I have a client now I'm helping with uh, RA and uh, she knows she can text me, email me, call me anytime. I'm here for her. And if I can share with you something that there's a gentleman, Zach Bush, he does a lot of great work out there. And Not long after I decided to commit to this journey with my, with my doctor and and my diet and all of this, I took some advice from Zach Bush and he said, go out under the stars with a piece of paper and, and write down all the labels people put on you. So rheumatoid arthritis, your fat, like whatever it is over time that that people have said you are, or a doctor has said that you had and burn it in ceremony in the fire under the stars can be a tiny little fire. It can be like in a coffee cup, you know, or in a Turkey roasting pan, but burn it, do this ceremony and believe it and feel it to your core. And I love that. I have all my clients do that. That's a great exercise. Yeah. There's, um, it's tough too, because you know, you, it's hard enough when, the people in the medical professions aren't helping you or don't know what they're doing. That's lonely. And then it's hard when people around you just don't understand what it feels like or what it's going through. And like you said, it can be a very lonely place and it doesn't have to be, but you got to reach out to someone. And one of my saving graces, man, were patient forms for thyroid help from uh, Janie Botharp stopped the thyroid madness. They had a patient to patient group. It was my, like in 2006, they, there was no book. There weren't really podcasts. And these fellow patients really helped me save my life. They knew what was up. People who've been through what you've been through and have gone through it, we know. And 
I am forever indebted to these people that gave their free time to be on free patient-to-patient forums to help people get the right blood work or analyze it correctly. And, you know, of course, you have to take a lot of stuff at face value because everyone's got their personal experience, but that was invaluable. And there's probably tons of patient forums for almost every disease out there. And I know there's, you know, cancer support groups and all sorts of things. So it's really worth reaching out. And it's not about having a pity party, but it is about, I mean, I have, I've, I would just be crying writing back and forth with some of these people who were helping me figure this out after I'd already spent $15,000 I didn't have on multitude of famous LA doctors who kept hurting me and didn't know what was up. It was the patients. They helped me. So, you know, that's now we're in a world of great coaches and podcasts and things like that. And, you know, people like Courtney, who's out there helping everybody get better. I also imagine too, it was probably an interesting process for you as a chef for yourself to go through learning how to use different things and doing things without or finding alternatives. Yes, absolutely. And I, I still enjoy pancakes. I make some of the best pancakes like that was not going to get out of, you know, be removed from my diet. So I've learned to use herbs in a new way. Herbs are so flavorful, fresh herbs and spices, you know, stock your spice cabinet. I have a Singapore curry and I have the Urfa chilies and the Aleppo chilies and to get friendly with these like really nice flavor bombs because they're going to support you. They're going to support your roasted vegetables to turn them into something. And then the other key ingredient is acid, which I know, you know, you love to add lemon to things and you add a little apple cider vinegar and wow, that kind of simple soup, or, or sauteed vegetables can just really get lit up and memorable and creates, it makes it something that you want to eat again, not just, okay, I'm, you know, eating this plate of vegetables because I know it's good for me. I've been so grateful that I've learned how to make things taste really good. And that's, that's one of the things my clients love is that I, I help them take that boring piece of broccoli and like, okay, what are we going to do tonight? How are we going to make this memorable? Right. Because when you have to eat kind of clean and quote simple, uh, listen, I have, <laughs> I, I have talked to patients who have cried because they're like, I'm eating the same thing. Like it's so boring. You know what I mean? And I get that. I remember a time too. And I was like, I hate this. <laughs> like, and you know, you're a chef, so you know, and you can really impart that on how to like make some, you know, make a simple plan, you know, that has to be cleaned out from a, a previous, you know, all, all everything, you know, goes plan to make it exciting and flavorful so you don't have to feel like you're sacrificing. And I also just want to mention, like you said, it takes it can take six months to a year. In Seamus's story, he was religious for six months, and then he really started to be able to get off some medications. There's a book, um, I interviewed a guy who wrote a book called No, no Grain, No Pain. And he talks about how, you know, yeah, you can ingest gluten and it might be out of your intestine in 10 days, but the inflammatory response can last up to two months. So one of the things with some of these protocols... Um, is you don't want to take two steps forward and then five steps backwards. How badly do you want to get better? And it doesn't mean you're never going to be able to have a glass of wine in your life, right? It just doesn't mean it's never going to happen. It's just, it's a temporary sometimes and sometimes lifelong, but it's, it's not a, a, a death sentence to never enjoy food, you know? And I think that that's what's scary for a lot of people, right? Because it feels like a sacrifice. It feels like a punishment sometimes, but it doesn't have to be. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, we're putting a lot of emphasis on food and that's important because I'm a chef, but another big part of my journey and healing was the environmental inputs, you know, the air that I was breathing, the breath work that I needed to do, 
and how that in, impacted my healing, you know, to breathe a certain way and to have those exercises, the water I was drinking, the bad light bulbs, right? The LED, the blue lights, the radiation. So all of these were really key factors uh, in, in my healing. So it goes, it went way, it went to the extreme and I went there with it. And now, you know, that's, I'm just so happy to have all this information to share with other people. You know, something as simple as sleeping with the ceiling fan on, just that hum sends your body a vibration that is disruptive. It's a stressor. So just looking at all these decisions in our daily life, like what can we do? What can we change? And it all just came down to every day, tiny little decisions can change our life. And that's, that's for me really what happened. Yeah. And you know what? You get extreme results when you, it seems extreme, right? To look at it, but you get extreme results when you look at everything. And it's like you said, nutrient deficiencies and optimization, it's food and it's lifestyle. And it's, um, it even is down to people don't think that like some people who are multitasking all day and maybe they're not even stressed by it, but moving that fast can really raise your heart rate and increase cortisol when you don't need to have it be that way. And those things, again, over time add up. So sometimes for me, at least it was, you know, I got to slow down sometimes with mm -hmm. the million, the million things I want to do in a day. And I've caught myself being like, all right, do I really need to do five things at once here? Let me just chill the hell out. It's just going to take an extra half an hour. Relax, because I know what it's doing to my heart rate. And it can feel exciting and fun, that stress, right? It's like, oh, staying up late to write a paper in college. It's not good for you. Right. Yeah, that's that's exactly one of those moments where you can say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to I call it pattern interrupt. Let's change this up right now. This this doesn't have to be this way. And slowing down and just looking at our values and, and kind of taking a deep dive into self is a big part of healing. But I'm, I'm a big fan of pattern interrupting. I think that when we get caught up driving the same road, going the, down to the grocery store the same exact way, same aisles, that we need to change it up. And maybe as far as like taking a vacation somewhere you haven't been by yourself or visiting an old friend, but driving down the road that you haven't, like, I'm going to take a left turn today instead, like pattern interrupt. We need to do things a little different because we're, we're just caught in, it's, it's the part of the healing process. We're, we're stuck there in that same, same, same old. So what can we do different? How can we you know, strike up some change and transformation. And it's a, it's a whole lifestyle change. It's beautiful and it's fun and uh, it, it's a journey. And I'm, I will always be on it. You know, you and I were, you know, we're, we're in this for life. You don't just kind of get cured and then you get, you know, you're like, oh, that's it. I'm good. No, this is a lifetime um, journey because what happens is you start to get well and you feel good and then you want to feel even better. And there's room for that. There's space for that. So you, you, you dive in. And that happens, and I know you've been through this too, it happens a lot with thyroid patients as they're getting better, whether it's naturally or whether it's through thyroid hormone replacement. And so they'll have a, a new better and they'll be like, wow, I feel so much better. But then they reach another level and they're like, I thought the last level was good. <laughs> I didn't know. And that's really how it works um, because you get so used to being in such a horror show state of being that once you're a little bit forward, it feels like, oh, this is great. But guess what? There's another level too. So that's why you got to keep going and get what for thyroid, it'd be like getting optimized or for other things, again, just 
continuing down this path because there are so many new levels. Um, and it just, again, it becomes familiar, the pain and the suffering and the crappy state that when you have newfound energy, the other careful thing too, is that when you're coming out of a health issue too, and I, I, talk to a lot of thyroid patients about this, they'll have this newfound energy and they'll be like, oh my God, you know, now I can feel like I can work out. I went for a walk today and I'm always like, don't push it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like, it's like, listen, one of the worst things that I have to tell people is you got to stop working out. Like you have to chill out because again, it's taking steps backwards until the adrenals are fully healed. Give it a break. It's going to get there. There'll be a day you can work out three hours a day and it's not even a problem. But it's again, it's how quickly do you want to get to that to the best you can be. And then from there, that's a, that's a good baseline. Your body's set, your adrenals are healed. Now you can act like a normal person. Um, so that's another kind of pitfall that people have too. They get newfound energy and then they overdo it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I'm careful about that. I recently had, um, someone offer me a, a position at a hospital for health coaching and there I was, it was the first time, you know, I had sold my business and I'm on this fresh start and I had to gently explain to them that my self-care routine, how much I prioritize me is a huge part of my life. And that, and not only would that, it would just be so hard physically that there's just, I, I don't want to take a full-time job. Like I want to help out. I want to be a, you know, a support to you all and do lectures for people in, in the medical, you know, they have a medical school there. I can absolutely speak to the medical students and be a voice, but no, I'm not going to go five days, six days a week and dive back into this. I'm, I'm too much. I'm too, I'm more important. What a, the absolutely, what a great statement to get to. And, um, it's hard because like we said, it's, when you're hating it, you just want someone to help you. And it's part of the victim mentality of like, why isn't anyone helping me? Mm -hmm. And the truth is, it's truth is, it's you, you got to help you and it sucks, but you got to do it. Yeah. You know? And we, yeah. you can have some support, but really you got to do it. Cause even the loved ones, there's only so much, you know, um, sometimes I talk to couples, right. Where one, you know, the one partner suffering and the other is there sometimes to even be the person whose brain is working better than the person who's totally messed up and sick and, you know, has cognitive issues because of thyroid issues or other stuff. And the partner is there to kind of learn with them to help even synthesize the information. You know, one thing I say in my book too is like, hey, if you need to give this to a friend to help you maybe even understand it, sometimes if your brain's not working right, or even if you have a TBI, traumatic brain injury, you might need someone as your partner to help you even synthesize information. It could go even down to that level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. You know, and I just want to give a shout out to your husband, how wonderful that he married you, despite all of these problems, and has been with you throughout this journey. What a wonderful partner. Thank you. He's the hero. He really is. Uh, it's amazing. You know, and, and thanks for pointing that out because he deserves the medal carrying me around. And it's not easy for the other partners. I have a couple clients that don't have the support that they want at home. And I can't imagine that. I'm so thankful that I had that because not everyone is supported at home. And all of a sudden, when you want to make a lifestyle change and you want to resolve a chronic disease or uh, you know, you're obese and you've got to really like go out on this brand new path and you don't have support at home. It's hard because the other thing is the way people are going to get healthy in our current system, if they choose to go outside of conventional medicine is really to trade money for wisdom and not 
everyone in the household might be on board with that. But you know, I mean, this is, you know, it's not covered by insurance, everything. So there's a lot of, you know, things that you need to buy to, you know, help, you know, maybe it's red light therapy, maybe you need to go to acupuncture, you need to get an air purifier or water, you know, whatever it is to help support your environment and your health journey. It's, it's really hard when you don't have the support at home. So as much as I, I just want to be there for people and how can I, how can I make that easier? It's so worth every penny. Yes. And um, man, yeah, but it can be very expensive endeavor. And this is what I've seen a lot. I've seen people who have the information, but then they still are resistant to going outside of their HMO PPO doctor. And I had a conversation with someone once who could afford it. And I said, listen, what's your health worth to you? And they're like, oh, my God, no amount of money. I'm like, then what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Stop digging around here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because what I saw is them continually try to think that this uninformed doctor would suddenly figure it out. And then again, they've got six months more of suffering and in an inflammation direction. Now more markers are on fire and they didn't have to do that. So do it right the first time. If you're suffering greatly and you can, you can go out of pocket, it's worth it. I don't care if you have to borrow money. You know, these things are worth it because then you're better and you're from, you're going to be able to make more money when you're well. No one can work when they're sick and disabled. No, and absolutely borrow money, get a loan. I mean, this sounds crazy. You you know, I mean, you may have to go bankrupt. I had no idea that was going to happen to me. And I was so embarrassed. And honestly, afterwards, I talked to the most successful people in the wellness world. And they all said, Oh, I've gone bankrupt, you know, and all and so I just kind of helped me not feel as um, embarrassed about that. But you know, it wasn't because I was a bad business person. It was because I was stuck in a system with doctors that didn't know how to help me. And I needed foot surgery that was very, very expensive. You know, I mean, they put, you know, I think, I don't even want to say how much French titanium is in my foot because I feel like I'm going to get like snatched <laughs> up. Someone's going to steal your foot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's not easy, but gosh, you know, especially people that are even just feeling a few symptoms in the beginning, now's the time, you know, now's the time to find the support and the the right doctor to help you. And, and when I work with people, you know, we do all the labs, we, uh, we do the nutritional labs, the food sensitivity labs and the GI stool tests, you know, anyone can do that on their own. So I just send them the links and start, you know, start right away because the longer you wait, I feel like the longer your healing journey is going to be and the harder it's going to be. So if you just, you know, got a recent diagnosis and you're just a year or two into this, now's the time to resolve it because there are no answers at the room, you know, rheumatologists or Western medicine, except more medicine. And I know for a fact, it didn't work on me and it might suppress your symptoms, but guess what the side effects of those medicines are. So there is a way with um, autoimmune conditions. I mean, you've talked about it a lot with, um, it's not all gut health, it's also environment, but a big piece of it is gut health. And it takes a year or two years to repair what the damage that's been done. So they talk about a lot of autoimmune conditions. You know, we have uh, our gut lining, which is like what the the size of a half a hair, you know, like a piece of cellophane and the size of two tennis courts long. So when there's holes in that and food and particles are entering the bloodstream and our body doesn't know what to do with it, it just starts to attack it and it goes to our weakest link. So 
how can we get our guts strong? There's plenty of research and information out there for you to start doing that now on your own. You know, the primal collagens are fantastic. Um, just, you know, beef, you know, bone broths and all those healing soups. There's plenty you can do now without having to spend a lot of money. Yeah. And we're, you're talking about what's we refer to as leaky gut, which is yeah. intestinal permeability. So that breaks off and then food and really toxic matter gets into the bloodstream. And now, and, and you know what? A lot of people have leaky gut who look, oh gosh, yeah, who look healthy, yes. you know, they're, they're fit and slim and you would go, Oh man, I wish I had that body. Do you chest tech, check out the GI tract. Let's see if you really <laughs> want it. So it, you know, that's what I've learned too. And, you know, we always talk about like seal and heal and that's where collagen and bone broth and some of these things, uh, come into play. How do you, you work with people all over, right? You don't have to be in person to help somebody. Tell us how you work, you know, with patients that are wanting to get better. Absolutely. Uh, I guess, you know, I don't tell people to, you know, just go out there and have some restrictive diet and take a bunch of supplements. No, seriously though. I, what I really do is I help people resolve these chronic conditions and we work virtually and the first thing we want to do is get those labs because there's evidence there so it's all about them there's no cookie cutter you know book or diet that is going to match them particularly there is you know there are things that they can avoid right away but it's really about getting the evidence it's 2020. We don't have time to wait and do some kind of elimination diet. I'm not a fan of that. I never have been. Let's just do the labs and see what your body's hungry for, what the deficiencies are, if there's parasites. And I work with a team of doctors, so that's really fun. And we all just take a deep dive into these cases. And then I, I work in programs. So it's just, it's a, it's a program and it's an environmental program. We take a deep dive into the mindset the air, water, light, sound, EMF, and food. And we do, they can be anywhere. So it's really nice. I have clients in Florida. I have a client in Chicago. And uh, we meet two or three times a month for about six months. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really comprehensive and can take you, and again, having Courtney guide you through the journey and you have someone there and you're checking in, you're not only holding yourself accountable, um, but you're also getting the support emotionally and physically that you need. Let's talk about um, an exciting giveaway that you've offered to everybody. So you tell them what the prize is, but I'll tell them how to contact you. So for people listening, the first 10 people that contact Courtney, and all you have to do is go to ccontos, C-C-O-N-T-O-S.com, top right corner, there's a little envelope icon, like, you know, for mail, click it and email her. And the first 10 people are going to win what? So I've been baking cookies for days, gluten-free, sugar-free. Everyone in the audience is getting cookies. Just kidding. But what they are, that's where my, that's what my heart wants to do, just so you know. But um, I've got some friends over at Date Lady. They're sweethearts. They make a pure date syrup, organic, gluten-free, GMO-free. And sometimes when I need a little blast of sweetener, that's what I'm going to go to. And it's a clean sweetener made just from dates. And so we're going to send the first 10 people that reach out to me through email a bottle of date syrup. That's so awesome that you've 
partnered with them and are willing to do it. Um, and again, too, just because certain people, like you said, you know, honey doesn't work for you, right? Right. And other sweeteners just just don't work. So that that's great. And you just need a little because that stuff is pretty pretty powerfully awesome. Um, we will put all of the. Uh, notes to connect with Courtney in the show notes, but it's ccontos.com for her website where you can pretty much find everything and connect with her on social media. But Instagram is the handle at Chef Courtney Contos. And um, take a look. She'll be posting some before and afters. You're going to be so inspired. Um, and, you know, just pictures of you in a wheelchair. It just seems so wrong, right? You know, and it's just so incredible. Your journey, I never thought in my whole life audience that I'd be interviewing a best friend from high school and that we would even share, uh, uh, we share the thyroid issue, obviously, but just that we would be in the same space together. It's it's really amazing and it's brought us closer together and has reunited us in a way that, I mean, so there's even a positive right there. Like health traumas have contributed to, you know, like a, a re reignition of uh, a wonderful friendship that we had. We were super close in high school and just kind of, again, like lost track. You went to Vermont, you know, and we all, you know, lives get busy. I was sick for many years, didn't want to kind of call and talk to people because I was miserable and didn't want to keep a broken record about my victimhood. And so, you know, you know, you know how it is. And um, it's hard to catch up when you don't have much good to say, you know, so uh, it's so nice. It's so nice that you have gotten to where you've gone and and also introducing me to Seamus Mullen and all of the help out there. There is help out there, people. You can fix rheumatoid arthritis if you have MS, look into Palmer Kippola. I interviewed her. She cured herself of MS after a 20-year battle. These things are possible. Don't let some rheumatoid arthritis, uh, you know, rheumatologist tell you you're going to spend your life in a wheelchair. No, absolutely not. You're better than that. You're stronger than that. So as we close, is there anything you'd like to leave with our audience? Well, I just want to, you know, so much gratitude, you know, so much gratitude to be here with you all. I've been a big fan of the show for years and uh, the work you do is incredible. So I just want to say a big thank you to you for working so hard and bringing all of these beautiful people together. It's amazing, Al. Thank you for that. And if anyone is ready to jump on and learn more, they can reach out to me. I'm happy to talk to anyone uh, any of your listeners and share tips, you know, something as simple as a shower head filter can help you bathe in cleaner water. There's all kinds of endless tips. So I'm just, I'm here for your listeners and I hope they reach out to me and I love you all so much. Awesome. Love you so much, Courtney. I will catch up with you uh, off, uh, off air and thanks everyone. We'll see you next week. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. used to be called Primal Calm, and the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind. We're constantly triggering the fight or flight mode in modern life. 
And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout but instead this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy stressful day this stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage so i like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.